host, Dr. Chai Nair, welcomes you to Teenage Talks, the podcast which empowers you. This podcast is a third one about sex and sexuality series. The other two are listened to and appreciated by so many. It's my endeavor to give you a comprehensive knowledge about various topics like contraception, STDs, and vaccines. It may feel awkward to talk about it, but estimates from the 4th National Family Health Survey indicated that 11.8 million teenage pregnancies occurred in India and the country is struggling with the burden of teen pregnancies. Hence, I invited a guest speaker who is a highly qualified, eminent gynecologist and obstetrician in Delhi. She is the head of reproductive medicine Fortis Hospital, Ridge IVF Center. She was the president of Indian Fertility Society and ex-president of National Association of Reproductive and Child Health. At the moment, she is the Vice President of Fertility Preservation Society of India. There are so many awards and publications to her credit. Apart from this achievement, she is a very pleasant and a positive person. Without much ado, I welcome Dr. Gauri Devi. Hello, Dr. Chaya. It is indeed a pleasure uh, to be here, to be with you in this Teenage Talks. And I am really honored to have been invited for this talk. It's a pleasure to be here, really. It's my pleasure too. And I'm sure all these youngsters will enjoy discussing with you. I'm now sure. I have three youngsters <laughs> with me who will interact with the guest speaker and clear their doubts. Disha has just completed her graduation in mass communication and will take up her job very soon. And Tanya graduated in mass communication and working for a marketing company. And Varun is a fourth year student in engineering. Welcome all of you. Hi, Disha, Varun, and uh, Tanya. Hello. I'm ready for Thank the you. question. <laughs> so my first question to Gauri. Pediatricians start talking about sexual behaviors, birth control, and ways to prevent sexually transmitted diseases at about the 11-year-old checkup in USA. Is it necessary to talk about it at such young age? In US, yes. In India, by 11 I don't know if it is really relevant to talk about contraception and things like that. But basic sex education in most of the schools, I think they do start. I am not aware of the government schools, how much well they talk. But I know about the public schools. They, they start about reproductive system and they tell them about how the conception is and things like that. But whether we should talk about contraception at that time, or about STD, I think it's too early, Chaya. Too early. How common are teen pregnancies in your experience? In my experience, uh, you know, before this emergency contraception and contraception started. But mind you, I am not in a government setup. I am in a private setup. So my experience is I practice near the Delhi University. So there are quite a few university students who come to me. Up till about 10 years ago, teenage pregnancies were very common. Or maybe 15 years ago. But now they have become wiser. I don't get many. But mm. I can't talk about the government hospitals. Government hospitals, yes, the, what the statistics says is that they do get a lot of teenage pregnancies. But then their statistics include all those married women who are teenagers. Whereas the university students and all now are wiser. They go for later marriages. Any one of you want to ask a question? Yeah, Tanya. 
Um, what according to you or just in general is the best contraceptive measure? Let me just enlighten you. There are three types of contraceptives. One is long-acting reversible contraceptives. In abroad, they put intrauterine contraceptive devices even in unmarried and young girls. But that's not a practice in India because infection can cause tubal block and that can lead to infertility. So in India, we don't put IUCDs. Also, you know, there was a statistics which we had taken out and they found that with the first intercourse they have, these girls, that is always with the male condom. That is the commonest contraceptive that's being used by the teenagers. I would always say they should use condoms because that protects these girls from getting sexually transmitted diseases. At the same time, problem with these condoms are that once in a way, it can break and it can cause a pregnancy. So what is the best for them? There are two things. One is an oral contraceptive pill. You know, these girls, they are not usually adolescents. They are not having sex in an everyday basis. It may be a casual sex. It may be, yes, they have a regular partner. Or it may be that it's a once in a way. Whether they should be taking pills, all that pills means you have to take it regularly from fifth day for 21 days that they keep on taking. So what they can best do is, even if you are using a pill, I will advise them to take a, uh, uh, insist on the partner to use a condom. With all due respect to all the adolescents or the teenagers who are sitting there, the thing is, many of these relationships are casual. The male might be flitting from one to other. The female might be flitting from one to other. So the infections can occur. So it's always safer if she can use a condom. And the woman can use a gel. You know, spermicidal things are available like today. It's a sort of a foam tablet, which if the girl has sex, often about 15 minutes before, if she can insert it into the vagina, if there is a leakage from the condom, the foam will take care of it. So that is the safest. Or if it's a regular sex, she can go for pill because pill is 100% safe. There has been documentation of a lot of side effects from oral contraceptives because of um, the hormones getting messed up. So would you say there are any better ways or would you say oral contraceptives are fine? Uh, just insist on the partner using a condom and you can, one can use a, this foam tablets comes under the name of today. If it is oral contraceptive bill, there is no harm done. Instead, there are many better side effects in the sense, you know, it. many of the young girls suffer from severe pain during the periods, what is known as dysmenorrhea. Oral contraceptive pills completely cures it. And it is a very safe okay. contraceptive. But how long will you keep taking it? The question arises there. Understand? Mm -hmm. So this will be a better proposition. Mm -hmm. Yes, tell All me. All this being said, when do you think Indian teenagers should be informed about contraceptives? I think we should start talking to them right from the age of 14 or so. Because in the schools, it's less. But mm -hmm. from 14, if you start talking... By the time they enter the university, at least my experience is 
from the time they enter the university that is when they have started having the chance to have sex very freely so by then they should be well informed by the doctor or a health worker or whoever so that the boys and girls are well informed about it mummy uh, mentioned uh, about in- infections so what are different types of stds and how do teen protect themselves from it okay now before i answer that question i will like to ask dr chaya as a counselor she must be coming across many adolescent coming to her when does she think that we should start talking about contraception yeah normally we advise them around 14 years of age before that we don't yeah, talk about contraceptives okay varun now coming to your question there are a number of stds gonorrhea syphilis chancroid human papilloma virus hiv which you are all aware of that's why i was telling insist on the man to use a condom because he cannot then transmit it if the woman can use a female condom it is perfect but female condom is not everybody's material sometimes you might be having sex for the first time for the woman it is painful female condom to insert it takes you know it requires a little lax vagina so ideal to protect will be of male condom that way neither the male gets any infection from the female nor the female get any infection from the male ma'am would you say that men and women they both are equally well informed about their health issues or is there a lot of misinformation about it there is a lot of inf- misinformation about it and you know sometimes it's experimental also many a time i ask very young girls 17 18 they say they have sex more because of peer pressure because somebody else is having am i not me also what we as doctors can do is just inform them and let it be their choice whether they want to have it or they do not want to have it it's not that everybody is having a sexually transmitted disease sometimes it may be a very minor thing it's not actually like a syphilis or a hiv or a hpv it may be minor things like a herpes simplex virus then there are certain viruses like hepatitis b these are not very serious thing so when i say sexually transmitted i didn't want to confuse you people there are so many things actually we are worried about the major things like hpv that is papilloma virus because in girls it can later on lead to cancer cervix in men it can lead to different cancers like oral cancer throat cancer and warts vulval warts in women penile warts in boys these things can happen what age should women or girls start seeing gynecologists we have come across that they should pay routine visits to the gynecologist being said that should men or boys also pay routine visits to the doctor for any reason whether it is boy or a girl if you are a virgin there's no need for a gynecologist the problem arises if you have regular sex in that case ideally they should visit the gynecologist the not the men the girl should visit the gynecologist at least once in a year just to check if everything is okay as far as men are concerned they require a checkup if they find any unusual penile discharge or any itching or they find some warts or anything like that they should check with a dermatologist 
it is a skin specialist who looks after them to see if there are any infections. Gauri, if a teen has sex without contraceptive, then yeah. is there a way to prevent the pregnancy? Suppose, let us say there was an accidental sex, number one. Number two, in metro cities, you know, Chaya, it is very common. I get girls. I don't know, Varun, you might be aware of it. They go to pubs and they take advantage. There are certain drugs. You put it into a drink and give. The girl doesn't remember anything. The next thing she knows is she's found in a room with a condom inside her. She's very worried because suppose it is leaked or someone has had sex with her without a condom. So in such emergencies or if a condom breaks or they've had a casual sex without a protection, then there is something called emergency contraceptive pill. This is about high dose of progesterone, about 1.5 milligram of progesterone or 150 milligram of progesterone is given ideally within 24 hours, but you can take it up to 120 hours. That will protect. Uh, it, the earlier it is taken, the better. If you take it within 24 hours, it's quite protective. But up to five days, five up to 120 hours. And when you go later, then what happens is the percentage becomes less, about 60% or so. Mind you, this emergency contraceptive is OTC or over-the-counter contraceptive. You, you don't have to have a prescription from a doctor. Only thing is, teenagers are not aware of it because it is not advertised. Previously, they used to advertise pill 72, unwanted and things like that. Then what happened? The young boys and girls started taking it inadvertently. It is, mind you, an emergency contraceptive. It is not to be taken as a regular contraceptive. So what they used to do was have sex and take pill 72. Have sex and pill take. Then the whole menstrual cycle becomes absolutely irregular because it's a very high dosage of progesterone. But in case of an emergency, if such a thing happens, she had a sex and she wants it, she can go to a chemist over the counter, ask for an emergency contraceptive the very next day and she can take it. It's a 1.5 milligram. It comes under different names, pill 72, unwanted and so many things. You can take it. So ma'am, I had a question just to pick up from what Varun asked, you know, if, yes. when should we go to the gynecologist, how routinely? So I um, recollect you mentioning that if you're a virgin, there is no need. But ma'am, there are no, so no. prevalent cases of young girls having PCOS and PCOD. That will yes. have symptoms. They all come to me. There are, you know, they have some symptoms like irregular periods. They have excessive hair growth. They have irregular, uh, they are going on putting on weight. That's a different metal. We are talking about contraception. We are talking about emergency, this thing. That is why I said, if you are a virgin and if you have no problem, why would you go to a gynecologist? Okay, yeah, makes sense, ma'am. So, just picking up on again what you said, you know, there are uh, uh, periods becoming irregular, like, even like in case of um, when COVID happened, like all of us, at least I experienced a lot of irregular periods. So I just wanted to know what can be the reasons why women experience irregular periods. When you come to getting irregular periods, as you correctly stated, there is one condition called polycystic ovaries, where as they gain weight, you know, in COVID, it was a problem. The girls were gaining weight. They were sitting at home, no exercises no going out, 
no schools, no universities. So what happened was polycystic ovary gets precipitated when they gain weight. That is one thing. Just stress itself. You have an exam and you are stressed reading and your meals are not good. You can get a delayed period. Third thing is some of the syndromes, you know, there is hypothalamic pituitary. There also they get delayed periods. So there are n number of causes which can cause delayed periods or irregular periods. Okay, ma'am. And a lot of myth is, uh, goes around that people say that if you have sex during periods, there is no chance of you getting pregnant. So what are the odds of getting pregnant during periods? Okay. During periods, your odds are very less. The only way it can happen will be, suppose seventh day is the last of the period, the duration of flow varies. Suppose on the seventh day, there's hardly any bleeding, they've had sex. The sperms have a capacity to survive in the tubes for up to 72 hours. By chance, the girl has an ovulation on the 10th day and there are sperms there. She can get pregnant. So don't go by periods and all that. Insist your partner to use a condom, period. Also, I just wanted to know a little more about urinary tract infections and how to know if I have it. Okay, see what happens is many a time girls come to me, they've had sex for the first time or, you know, they've had it only two, three times. It's very common. You see, if you people have read the anatomy or when they teach you the reproductive system, urethra in women is very small. It's about one, one and a half inches and the vagina is right behind it. So when you have sex, the normal flora of the vagina which gets disturbed during that sex. Some of the flora might get into the urinary tract because urethra is very nearby. And if these bacilli go in, it can cause urinary infection. You know, after marriage, when it occurs, we call it honeymoon cystitis. And the symptom she will have is frequency of passing urine what is we call as frequency of micturition. She might have burning. And if it is a severe infection, you know, she will have uh, blood coming through the urine. And when she passes urine, the initial part passes off. At the end of the micturition, there's a shooting pain going into the suprapubic region. So these are the symptoms of urinary infection. And she should get the urine tested and then take antibiotics. Is it only because of sex that UTIs are transmitted no, or that it can happen Just one last question from my side. We've heard a lot about taking the cervical cancer vaccines. So I just yes. wanted to ask if it's actually necessary and if so, at what age should it be taken? Okay. There are different kinds of vaccines. You see, HPV is a virus. In this virus, there are different type of, you know, different families. Only 1% of the HPV infection causes cancer. Those high-risk strains of HPV, if it is there, then the vaccine protects them. Now they have come out with a non-valent. What is non-valent? Nine strains are protected. If you can give between the age of 9 to 14, it is only two vaccines. Give it at zero. Zero means today and after six months that protects them if they are taking the vaccine after 15 they should take three zero 
two and six. Problem is mon monovalent is expensive. Quadrivalent is only about three thousand bucks, whereas monovalent it is about ten thousand bucks. So, if you think of India as a large, you think of slums where sex is an entertainment. Even the young girls, everybody there, there can government is not able to provide this sort of vaccination to them. Now, fortunately, Serum Institute of India has come out with a vaccine, what is called as Sarvovac. This came in April 2024. It has not yet hit the market. That's only for two doses, 550. It is very protective. After 26, if you ask me if it is needed, if the woman is a virgin, yes. If she doesn't have any sex life, she should take three doses. And if she has sex, you give it to her because even if she's HPV positive, all strains may not be there. This can protect her against the strains which she doesn't have. I read an article about most women having really weak pelvic floor muscles and vaginismus. So yeah. when people come to you with these problems, what advice do you give them? What is the course of action they, they need to take? The vaginismus is a different thing. Pelvic floor muscles being weak is a different thing. It is usually for the elderly group where they have a little urine passing out. I've had to find a young girl coming to me telling when I laugh or sneeze, a little urine comes out. Sexual activity actually make your pelvic floor muscles strong. Pelvic floor muscles really acts and contracts. There's no problem. The pelvic floor muscles become weak when you have a childbirth and when you have a delivery. That is when the, the floor stretches, you have a normal delivery and the floor is weaker and then she can go she can have a what we call as prolapse young okay. girls unless congenitally you know by birth some people have very weak muscles there they might have a little descent of cervix what is called as a congenital prolapse if such a thing is there usually they never come to me with the complaint that i have a pressure or anything like that but vaginismus is a different metal. What is vaginismus? Vaginismus is the minute she's trying to have sex, she pushes her thigh against her abdomen. So penetration is not possible. Why does it happen? It may be that in the childhood, she had some sort of a bad experience or by nature, she's, you know, there are so many myths. People keep talking about that it is of the first intercourse is very painful and you will have bleeding and things like that. So they are very, very scared about it. What is basically needed is counseling. We have a little way of counseling to them so that they get into it. Okay. Uh, I think we'll uh -huh. have one more session well, where yeah. we can discuss all other things. Thank you, Gauri, yeah. for that nice discussion. And thank you all for taking part in this podcast. And for all the listeners, I'm very sure you're all enlightened by Dr. Gauri's talk. And if you like the podcast, please share it with your friends. It will be useful to them. Thank you.